0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
1: I know, I know. Millions of you have absolutely thrown yourselves to your computer to sign up for Amazon Prime because we have the epic matchup you've been waiting all night for. It's Thursday night football and we get... Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN serious <laughs> XM channel lady. Yeah, you get Falcons, Panthers. We'll keep you updated. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Sarah, obviously it's Thursday, and every week I feel like right now I'm making fun of Thursday Night Football. But I will take one moment, Sarah Spain, to tell the world I was right. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. I told everybody Marcus Mariota was going to be better than expected. The expectations were particularly low. And I thought the Falcons had a shot at least being Sort of okay. They're four and five, which means they're great for their division against a two and seven <laughs> Panthers team.
2: I'm going to say great is a step too Why? far, but they're in it because of what is going on around them. And kind of weird to consider this sort of a must win game, but they you know they've already beaten this Panthers team before they started trading off pieces and firing their coaches and all this other stuff and if they want to actually push a bucks team that has not made the progress that we all expected in recent weeks they can't take a loss here they they just they have to beat a panthers team that is actively trying to lose and they should uh it's been uh what only 10 days or so since the last time these two teams met and it was a very close call Falcons beating the Panthers in overtime basically because Eddie Pinheiro missed a couple kicks. Um, I want a more definitive outing from them to believe that you can give a nanny nanny boo boo retort tonight about anything you've said about the Falcons.
1: Okay that's probably fair and I, I'll, I'll take that but I'll also at least say remember it, it wasn't that long ago and we're going to revisit some of our hotter takes but Keyshawn started the year saying that Marcus Mariota was going to be the first quarterback to be benched and they were going to move on to Desmond Ritter. I fought hard on that. Now, uh, Mariota has had some good moments. I think the San Francisco game pops out where he played particularly well. He's also had some games where, frankly, I've stayed away from the hot take machine because I thought that was going to be the week that ended it all for him right. in his career. But uh, I'll the, give you some
2: stats real quick. Uh, the the best one for your case is ninth and QBR. Look at that, see? 62% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Uh, the QBR is not spectacular, but it, it's sitting at night. So uh, much better than a lot of people thought.
1: Well, and considering the fact that the over-under from Vegas when we started this season on total passing yards for Marcus Mariota was at about 2,000 yards. And he has fifteen sixty one. It shows you how low the expectations were. I think everybody just for a quarterback that's never stayed healthy and for a team that's rebuilding, you didn't have high expectations. I'm I'm not sure this is what we say about several teams in the league right now. I'm not sure the Falcons are any good, but they're okay. in it. They're playing meaningful football at mid season. Most which is,
2: teams are. <laughs>
1: Fair. That, that is fair. I mean, the the question at this point is: Would you rather be a, a good team or would you rather just be in it? Because right now, yeah. there's plenty of teams uh, that are in it. There's it, a
2: fine line between those two things, and there are very few teams that are neither of those things: neither in it nor good. And it's the Packers and
1: like one other squad. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I'll put the Panthers on that list too as yeah, a team. You know, they, you they're in full rebuild mode. I don't think a lot of people expect much there. That game kicks off at eight fifteen Eastern. On Prime, Amazon Prime, we will keep you updated on the scoring as it happens. I laugh at myself as I say that between these two teams, but it might happen. Uh, also, we are keeping our eye on the biggest story in the NFL today, uh, which has everything to do with the team that doesn't stink. Because when we talk about uh, the Bills, we obviously are talking about Josh Allen and an MVP candidate, but. He didn't participate in practice for a second straight day. He's dealing with the right elbow injury. So a lot of conversation about the fact that he hurt his elbow and then just a couple of plays later threw a 70-yard bomb downfield, right? So the presumption is he's going to be just fine. But the bills are in a little bit of a pickle here. They're a little—they're in a tiny gherkin here, right? Because <laughs> what are they going to do? Do you sit him and let him get healthy because you want 100% of him going into the playoffs? Or Sarah, do you go out there and and just sort of force the cause right now and make sure that you continue to assert your dominance?
2: Fitz, you're calling it a gherkin. I think this is a big dill. Oh. Okay? oh, thank you, thank you. Um, this team is not anything without Josh Allen, and the sleeve that he had in, in at practice today, not participating, but wearing something, at a compression sleeve, presumably to get rid of swelling, an injury that when it's got nerve pain related to it, feels pretty serious to me and not like a quick and easy fix. They need to prioritize this guy's health. He missed four games back in 2018 because of a UCL injury in his right elbow. This is that same issue. It's that ulnar collateral ligament and the related nerves in that same elbow. You can't afford to have him out for four games, and you certainly can't afford to have him out for the playoffs. I agree with Dominique Foxworth. Uh, he was on Greeny today talking about you know what they have to consider when they when they look at whether to play him, and I think his reason is, is right on.
1: Honestly, at this point, I could care less about the first round bye or the seating or going on the road. And I know it's the decisions are never this clear. But if the decision was we have to go on the road for all the playoffs, but we rest Joss Allen and he's 100 percent healthy or he's 80 percent healthy and we get the first round by. Give me 100 percent and we'll go on the road. I think he and they are that good that they'd rather have that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you don't want to it's it's harder to make a decision for the future as opposed to being able to act based on what you know right now, but you just can't risk it.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, Dominique, a pet peeve here, you know, it, you you could care less. I mean, it, you could not care less, right? Like, it, it's really just neither here nor there for Dominique. I'm just helping the guy out. But I hear what you're saying. I, I don't know that I'm as flippant with the first-round pot. I really don't, especially when you know that home field advantage could go through Kansas City. I. It's tough for me to just say, "Hey, it'll work itself out and everything will be fine when we hit the playoffs." As long as he's healthy, I understand the concept is eighty percent or hundred percent, but I, I don't know what percent I attach to having to go through Arrowhead. Right? I just if I'm the right. Bills, I don't want to have to go it's through huge. Arrowhead. Right? That, but, that's but but
2: but going anywhere or ha- hosting anyone with Josh Allen who can't be Josh Allen.
1: I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. It's tough for me. I I, I hear you. I, it, that makes total sense. It's just Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Plus, you know, given the overall toughness of Josh Allen, I feel like this is one of those where the coaches would have to step in and hold him out also. This is going to be difficult. We will see how it plays out and we'll obviously keep you updated. That's one of the big pieces of news. The other big piece of news, and we're going to get some expertise on this a little bit later, is that the Washington, uh, D.C. Attorney General has filed a suit, a civil lawsuit Against Daniel Snyder, the Washington Commanders, and the Roger Goodell, the Roger Goodell, and the NFL overall, the suit accuses the defendants of colluding to deceive dc residents so he said the team in the league violated consumer rights based on what they knew about the organization's workplace misconduct alleging alleging snyder lied about his knowledge of the situation so uh obviously yet another lawsuit coming at washington and one that dc feels will give them the opportunity to allow for transparency for residents
2: yeah i mean we would love this as folks who have called for more transparency in terms of the alleged investigations the reporting that has been done on daniel snyder getting in the way of witnesses giving their stories um, threatening family members all the things that we've heard about this there's obviously a lot to hide there and we have not agreed with the way the nfl or the commanders have tried to uh, use secrecy throughout this process carl racine is the attorney general in washington dc who's filing this suit and here's what he had to say about the decision
0: We will issue subpoenas. We will seek testimony under oath. Deposition. I promise you, let me just give you a hunch. The deposition's not likely to occur on a yacht, but in a conference room in the District of Columbia. Okay? Because no one is above the law.
1: Throwing Mm. a little shade there at the uh, Congressional... Won't uh, be on a yacht.
3: (laughs) Won't be on a yacht.
1: Although I would love that if everybody just landed on his yacht and was like, let's (laughs) chat. That seems like a better place to do a deposition. Uh, Interesting note for Racine that he is outgoing. His uh, term will end in January. So uh, this is the beginning. But they've also made it clear that even if Daniel Snyder were to sell the Washington Commanders, this lawsuit would continue. So it, it, another important note, uh, and again, we'll get some expertise on this. We'll talk in the next hour to Tisha Thompson, investigative and enterprise reporter for ESPN. Get some of her thoughts on everything that she learned today. She was there. You can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Spain and Fitz. At Sarah Spain, at Jason at Jason Fitz. That's my name. <laughs> ESPN Nations presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. You never stand this. Show up. And one of the biggest names at ESPN is leaving us at the Alto. So we're alter. So we're gonna do what we do on this show. We're gonna trash and make fun of them, and talk about football. We'll do it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio.
0: Spain and Fitz the podcast.
1: Spain and Fitz on ESPN oh, Radio, man. the ESPN app. Sirius XM channel ladies, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We have some wild, crazy chaos to get to. Yeah, the-
2: you also, everyone has to go to my Twitter, and a couple hours ago I posted a person who translated the song you just heard into Aramaic and back into English, and it's worth a read uh, for nothing other than, you know... uh Get get paid is acquire your wages.
1: Uh, so instead of me saying get paid, I gotta just like acquire your wages.
2: Yeah, it doesn't uh-huh. work quite as well. Uh, my favorite line is when it says, uh, "Behold, the years begin coming and do not cease from coming." It sounds much more dramatic in Aramaic, and then back. Go check it out.
1: Oh man! And uh, we're also gonna get to some interesting uh, Jersey uh, selections that were made today in yeah. the sports landscape. But before we do that. You know what we we put Devin producer extraordinaire puts all day work he sits at a table He shuts off the world. It's like Charlie Day and Always Sunny in Philadelphia putting the map together, trying to figure out how to book the best guests. And we have some tonight. I mean, we have got some killer guests that are coming up tonight. Every single night that we get those, it's because Devin puts in the work, right? And so today we get in and we're like, oh, we're super excited. Why? Because after a small gap, haven't talked to him a while, we thought we were going to get to talk to the one, the only, the man, the myth, Dan Orlovsky tonight. But it turns out Dan didn't take our call that's right it's not even that Dan's not with us it's that just Dan said no he stood us up no he, he didn't, up. didn't say yeah, no he stood us up he, he didn't was, say no he yeah.
2: just didn't respond he, just, he just didn't
1: st- answer the phone yeah nothing we got nothing we got ghosted by Orlovsky so we figured yep. since he's not here to defend himself we would use this opportunity to to give a ranking top 10 all right so this is the top 10 these are the top 10 worst takes from Dan Orlovsky are we ready for this list I'm number ready. 10 all right number 10 this. Comes back from January seventh of two thousand twenty-two when Dan Orlovsky tweeted out corn tortilla to- tortillas, cheese, Louise.
2: I'm gonna have to do this. time. Yeah, corn well, tortillas. You start. We'll give you a shot. Corn then tortillas
1: over flour tortillas. I, you know, that's I a didn't...
2: terrible take.
1: I mean, it's not totally. They're. Better it's for not.
2: You. No, there's a million reasons. Do you ever have, first of all, a corn tortilla burrito, for instance?
1: No, I mean, a corn tortilla burrito isn't, uh, it's a tostada, right? At that point, like you're not really burritoing it. You're just, yeah, you're leaving uh, it out for a tostada. And
2: what do you, what do you rather have, a burrito or a tostada? No, I'd
1: Probably rather have a burrito. Exactly. You're
2: right about that. Yeah. All right. Take number nine. Oh, wait. We number have nine. January. We have, the big, we have the big voice of God. Number nine. Yeah. I was setting it up and then they number played nine. it. Number <laughs> nine. Thank you. <laughs> One more time.
0: Number nine.
2: Thank you. Uh, I believe this is also sometime around that, that same time of uh, early 2022. He said chocolate chip cookies are the most overrated cookie in the world. I want to tell you something, Fitz. I don't crave cookies very often. I like a snickerdoodle. I love a peanut butter cookie. A good oatmeal raisin gets dogged a lot, and I think they're delicious. But I'll tell you what. There are nights when there is nothing in the world that will do other than a warm chocolate cookie, and that is what insomnia cookies are for. And if you are out there insomnia and you want to send me some free ones, go right ahead. But there are nights where I am like... Alright, that's it. I've given two hours to thinking about how I'm not going to order a cookie, and now the only thing that will make me happy is a warm chocolate cookie delivered directly to my door. That
1: is a terrible take, Wait, Wait, are you telling me there's a company called Insomnia Cookies? Oh, you are not aware? I'm not I, look and I am the one. like look, Yo. if you told me if you told me I could never eat a normal food item but could only eat sweets for all day every day for the rest you of my would. life, I would do that gladly. So I you know, all right, so here's the cookies. thing.
2: There might not be one near you in the middle of nowhere Connecticut, but if you're in a reasonable location, you can get New six Haven. packs. There's one in New Haven. Sh- like ice b- cream sandwiches? Oh my god. Cakes? Cookie witches? boxes of cookies, all delivered to you very late.
1: Oh, my God. Insomnia So in cookies. case you're
2: sitting around, you know, doing something that makes
1: you particularly hungry. Which I usually am right uh-huh. after the show. Uh-huh. I mean, that, what do we do? I mean, that's just. You're welcome. Oh. Uh, do they have to be hot, though, because hot cookies are, are not? Hot
2: cookies are amazing. We're no. not introducing your terrible okay. takes. We're right. focusing right, on
1: right, Dan. I, you know what? Chocolate chip cookies are sufficiently rated. I'll say that. All right. Let me, let, me okay. Okay. let me do number eight. Okay. Number eight.
2: March of 2021. Shortly before draft time. Quote, I've heard that there are issues with Justin Fields' work ethic. You all remember this scandal, right? Yes. This is definitely one of his worst takes. Is he dedicated to being a great quarterback? He's a last guy in, first guy to leave guy, despite all sources saying otherwise. This was a bad take, and all of his questions about Justin Fields were bad takes. You're talking about the NFC North player of the week, friendo. Get it together.
1: Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, mm, Yeah. sure, let's just go to the next take. I got nothing. Number I got seven. Not, I, th, that, mm-hmm. You know what? You're right. Justin Fields, I don't think we're questioning his work ethic right now, although I, I think maybe we're overhyping his success right now. It's just early. It's early. Yep. All right, let's uh, – number seven. Play this, 70. Number seven. Are you ready for this one? Potato chips are gross. Also, if you scoop salsa instead of dipping salsa, you're gross. Uh, what? All right, so – but potato chips aren't gross to me, but Fair. if I never had another potato chip in my life, I'd be fine. Like there's. I'd just... be
2: fine, but I would need tortilla chips.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, to, tortilla chips, I'd be okay. Tortilla with
2: Tortilla chips are life.
1: I don't, I, but I definitely am a salsa scooper. Like I need all of the good, yeah. good on the on the. On Why the would you
2: dip salsa? Then you wouldn't get any of the chunks. You got to scoop.
1: Yeah, I, I think we agree on this one. It's a we're a scooping, not dipping sort of world. Absolutely. So. All, all right,
2: right that... number six. Number six. This is May 2nd, 2022. I think this explains really everything about Dan as a person. He wrote, food is fuel and nothing more than that.
1: His kids are gonna be fat, right? Like, there's no two so ways to fat. Right? Like when they get yeah, out house. Yeah, I don't like to talk about house, people's kids, but no, if
2: you no. if you live in a house like that where you just get unsalted chicken breasts and all the food takes are bad, and your dad's like, hey, that doesn't look like fuel, kiddo, you're gonna weigh three hundred. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I didn't get so I wasn't allowed to have soda or energy drinks or anything like that as a kid, and we all know what I did to my body yeah, for Jason about fifteen fats. years. There yeah. we go. All right, uh, this one though is personally insulting to me. On May twenty third, twenty twenty two, Dan Orlovsky, by the way, News number five. He stood us up. That's why we're doing this, Dan. Dan Orlovsky stood us up on talking to us about the NFL. So instead, we're giving you a combination of his worst takes. Yep. He said, Normal cake is gross. Ice cream cake is good, but normal cake is gross. What? You know Dan? You're gross. I yeah, mean that I mean, in a living First of
2: all, way. <laughs> that's just trying to get some likes for his bad takes. That's just trying to accentuate how bad his food takes are because there's a million different kinds of cake. You're going to tell me that you're calling out chocolate, vanilla, red velvet. Carrot fudge, like I mean, there's Fun-fetti? a million... Fun fetty for Pete's <laughs> sakes, the kind that has that layer in the middle of fresh strawberries. Get out of here! The one that I make every Fourth of July that looks like an American flag. That's gosh darn delicious, Dan.
1: Oh yeah, that, uh, cake pops. I mean, anything in cake yeah. form is good. All right, let's go to number the number four.
2: All right, March 30th, 2022, Dan said, Carson Wentz has proven I can carry you, and Dak Prescott has proven I need help. Dan Rolovsky doesn't believe Dak should end up getting paid more than
1: Wentz. We just misunderstood this one. He meant that, that, that Carson Wentz proved I can carry you is in I can carry the bag I got. Yeah, as a backup quarterback, yeah. I'll but, carry the clipboard. And now <laughs> Dak is like, I need help carrying all the bags of cash yes, uh, that that's I got. Right. What's that's the next right. one on the Number list? Number three. Number th- oh, this one's all you, sir.
2: Yeah. Red wine, all kinds, should be drank, chilled with ice cubes in it. Uh, I remember Greedy saying at the time, wait till he gets a load of this thing called sangria. Uh, sangria is delicious, but all kinds of red wine with ice in it? Get a palate.
1: Let's go to the next one. Number two. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the most overrated candy ever. Blasphemy. savage. And you at the top of the number list- one.
2: This is his worst take ever. Yeah. You remember that right in the
1: middle of a game. All right. From Hall of Fame NBA player to Hall of Fame broadcaster. (laughs) We're going to talk a little Barkley next.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
2: It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. Joining us now, unfortunately for him, he was Jeff Passend today hopefully he will reclaim his twitter account soon at tim bella is where you can follow the author of barclay and washington post writer uh just don't follow him right now unless you need some japanese nfts uh tim how you hanging in there today
3: it's been a rough couple of days sarah i'm not gonna <laughs> lie <laughs> uh, uh, of course it, it came at just the absolute best time with me uh pushing out his book and hoping that people will pick it up. But instead that they are, yeah. Yeah. NFTs, a lot of crypto right now.
2: (laughs) On the the book release day. And Fitz, you and I both love Charles Barkley. The book is called Barkley. And I mean, this is 370 original interviews, a bunch of research to tell the story of someone that maybe people feel like they know pretty well, Tim, but, Uh, Not deeply. Why did you decide that you wanted to focus on writing about Charles Barkley?
3: Well, Sarah, it really kind of goes back to his time growing up in Leeds, Alabama. And I really want to dig into who Charles Wade Barkley was before he became his pop culture icon. And for someone who has been a public figure for over four decades now since his time at Auburn and his on our TVs each week on TNT. We know him, but I, f- I feel like there's still so much more to know about the undersized fat kid from Alabama who grew up with <laughs> a single mother and and just kind of turned into his force of nature. So, <laughs> For me, it really did kind of start off as being a fan and then uh, just kind of understanding what he's meant to both basketball and pop culture. I just felt like now was the appropriate time for this big biography on him.
1: Tim, how do you sort of prioritize? Because to your point, you've got a a childhood chapter, you've got a huge NBA chapter, and now you have a larger-than-life chapter that that some kids growing up don't even realize the player he was. So when you're putting together – a book, how do you prioritize the weight you need to give to each segment of his life?
3: Yeah, Jason, it's a great point. And when I interviewed Chuck D from P- 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 Public Enemy, he kind of pointed out that these younger generations really don't know how much of a problem Charles Barkley was as oh, yeah. a player. And that <laughs> that was one goal to mine, hopping into this as a a 90s kid who saw him should just dominate. I really want you to give people a sense of of how he got to be this way. But you see him now every week, and he's joking around. He's being funny. But, but we forget that he would go coast to coast after grabbing a rebound and throw it down with so much force that – the hoop almost came down itself. So in terms of prioritizing his life, I really did want to focus on not just his basketball agreement, his, but also his broadcast rate, because as you know, he's been a broadcaster now longer than he's been a player. And in my opinion, uh, he's actually better as this current job than he will as the <laughs> NBA star, which seemed, unfathomable.
2: Tim Bella the author of Barkley and Washington Post writer is with us here on Spain and Fitz you can follow him when he's not hacked at Tim Bella <laughs> you know I had Barkley on my podcast during the last dance and Barkley and I have become friends over the last 10 years or so and so it was great to get to talk Still to him about some of the stuff to me, but yeah, it's fine. not yet uh, <laughs> very very careful about the relationship and who, uh, who interferes um, but I remember talking to him about some of the things that aren't as well known. Um, And one of those was crying during his high school's graduation and some of the relationships as a young person and how how they continue to this day to be difficult for him. And that includes a lot of those people from his small town, you know, trying to get money. And no matter how much he feels like he does for his family and gives back, how some are still resentful if he basically doesn't carry them and, and keep them from working forever because he's got so much cash. How much did you get into the complicated nature of this incredibly lovable person who does have between Jordan and family and, you know, police officers, occasionally some relationships that aren't so rosy.
3: Yeah. It's a great point because it's just kind of going back to his high school experience. Like you said, he, he did not graduate with his class in Leeds because he failed both English and Spanish. Um, uh, just very straightforward stuff. He just had had to do a couple of projects, but he was so focused on basketball that he just didn't care about school. And and from that point, he kind of held on to this anger toward his father Frank, who was not around too much, and his teachers for actually failing him and if you recall his first years in Philly he did kind of play with an anger and an edge mm-hmm. that uh, he wasn't who we actually know him as now so uh, that took time but yes he does love leads so much he, he, he uh, gives back to the high school scholarships each year tons of money he gives out a ton of causes uh, to uh, black women and black men and HBCUs. And it's really cool to see the evolution from someone who who really thought about himself and only himself early on. And, right. and seeing what he actually took from his mother and his grandfather and their teachings they actually putting it to good use, and it's uh, just about everyone I spoke to, including officers who actually tested him, said that he's got a big heart, and uh, he keeps giving, and that's part of the gift of Charles Barkley, I think.
1: Anytime somebody goes through that sort of process of personal evolution and who they are, sometimes you can get reflective. Do you have a sense of how he looks back at that era of himself now?
3: I think there are certainly some regrets from that time period. I guess, uh, first and foremost, starting with the young girl he accidentally spit on in n- New Jersey. Uh, she, she was only eight years old at the time. The uh, fan was heckling Charles, allegedly called him the N word, and uh, Charles uh, spit in his direction and did t- t- a small girl. And from that point on, he kind of put himself in the mirror and said, what the heck am I doing? Why am I so angry to the entire world? Why am I still so angry at my father and my teachers from all those years ago? So I do think there is some regret from those early years, but we can see that, He did learn from his mistakes, even mistakes that, for some other people, they just would not have come back from.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge part of why Barkley is enduringly loved, because he's honest about his flaws. and. For the mistakes that he makes, and there have been many, and I've called him out on some since we've become friends, he is uh, authentic and genuine and kind. And I think for those who haven't read that incredible Washington Post piece about his friendship with a man that he met in a bar at a hotel and continued on for years, including going to the man's funeral all these years later and his family having never, never believed that they were truly friends, he's a really interesting and multifaceted guy. And I'm I'm very excited. Uh, to read the book you can find it uh online now it's available now in bookstores and online you can also read an excerpt in Esquire more excerpts are going to be in GQ and Rolling Stone Uh, like I said 370 original interviews for this book Barkley Tim Bella of the Washington Post the author thanks so much Tim and good luck getting that account back yeah thanks Tim
3: thank you both so much and uh Elon Musk, please help
2: me out, all right? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, he's a little busy right now. This might not be the best time to get. Busy. I don't be, I, I don't know if they have any tech people left to help Tim get his account back, but at Tim Bellis, where you can follow him if he ever does. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit progressivecommercial.com. Coming up, how early is too early to give up? We'll explain next. Spain and Fitz.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
2: Uh, we have a quick update to earlier in the show. We mentioned that Dan Rolovsky blew us off. Uh, just didn't pick up the phone. No message, hey, guys, I forgot I had sports Center or a family dinner or literally anything just uh, ghosted us. So we did a top ten worst Dan Rolovsky takes. And while we were doing that, he gave another bad one, Fitz. Oh. Yes! He was on Twitter tweeting when he was uh, allegedly meant to be either on the show with us or at least responding to us, and apparently said that pretzels are better without salt and then said, It's a pretzel, not a salt lick.
1: I don't huh? hate that. I don't hate that take. I-
2: what fits?
1: I mean, pretzels are good either way, but an unsalted pretzel, yeah, sometimes the salty ones are Some- too salty. It,
2: okay, but the key there is you flick off some of
1: the big chunks and you still
2: have enough salt to give it a little bit of flavor. Sometimes well, pretzel, if you get sweet. one of those pretzels, no, we talking ballpark pretzels? Because if you get an unsalted ballpark pretzel, you might as well eat
1: cardboard. Oh, no, I'm never getting a salted ballpark pretzel. Like, I thought we were talking what? about pretzel sticks like the little ones you get no, in the bag. If we're talking no, to, like, of course those are already pre-salted. We're talking
2: no, big old buy pretzel. Those
1: unsalted too. Uh, I do that all the time. But no, if I get a ballpark pretzel, I do not want salt on. It. Like there, there's way too much of it. It, it sticks to it. It gets Fitz. Gets gross. I can't just want the
2: regular pretzel. Get out of here. Pre- regular pretzel. You and- are now Orlovsky. But- <laughs> it's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Dan Orlovsky, ESPN radio, ESPN app, SiriusXM XM channel. 80. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Spain and Fitz at Sarah Spain at Jason Fitz. Feel free to a... Shame Dan Orlovsky for blowing us off. It's at Dan Orlovsky is where you can find him. Uh, Sorry, Dan Orlovsky7 is where you can find him. Uh, Also, feel free to shame Jason Fitz for that terrible pretzel take. Uh, That's a mess. Uh, Couldn't disagree more. Uh, Speaking of a mess, there's a handful of teams across two sports that we are actively discussing just giving up at this point in the season. And it's really early in the basketball season to be calling for that. But let's start with the Lakers. There are multiple conversations about is LeBron's injury as serious as it seems or is he going to take some rest while his team is not contending for anything, save up some energy for next year when they can put better pieces around him. Should Anthony Davis be on the chopping block where they get some pieces back for him that they could put around LeBron for what could be the last year of that contract since he's got a player option for 2024-25. Jay Williams was on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. And for as early as it is in the season, everybody seems to feel the same way about this Lakers team.
0: LeBron James starting to be hampered by injuries at this stage of his career. Multiple years now, there's been things that occur. And also, I mean, LeBron James is getting up the same shot attempts as Luka Doncic. Like, they're not the same. They're not the same. Like, Luka can carry at his age the entire offense like LeBron used to. LeBron shouldn't be doing that now. So I'm looking at, this is the Clippers have won nine straight against the Lakers. Nine straight. No Kawhi. Against the Lakers. No Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> People don't know when Kawhi is going to practice. When Kawhi's is built for the postseason, not the regular season. Paul George is roasting him. Anthony Davis disappears late in games. That's been typical. You wonder why he's not even aggressive for a guy that's supposed to take the torch, take the mantle. And Russ is coming off the bench playing with energy. But at the end of the day, it's their roster, man. It's not good.
1: I, yeah. A lot I of that, think it's all true fits. Yeah, that all makes sense. I mean, it sort of echoes what Leg said to us the other day when we were asking who was in dire shape. And he said, look, if everything goes right for the Lakers and they get healthy, they're still battling to be maybe a nine good. seed, right? Yeah. So, like, I actually is weird. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would totally support the Lakers coming out and saying, hey, we looked around. We looked at the landscape. We can't be competitive this year. We're not going to put the wear and tear on LeBron's body. He's going to sit out the rest of the season, get himself as as good as he could ever be physically, and we're going to give a go at it next year. Like, I, I, as crazy as that sounds, I'm not sure that that's the worst strategy. He ain't winning anything this year, so you might as well start looking at next year.
2: So I agree with you in the sense that uh, you got to make sure you take advantage of LeBron while you have him, and as an older player, you you can't waste a whole lot. But uh, it's also hard to argue that you're going to just give up an entire season, not play your superstar, be trash, not have him pursue the records he's looking at, have a wasted season when there are so few left. And to ask someone to do that. Uh, I, I know he wants to prioritize winning, but have we gone too far in that direction when we're asking literally to just basically sit out a season yes. uh, and wait? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not just about winning championships. I get that that's the purpose. And when you're LeBron, there are a few things left to prove, but if you don't have anything left to prove, then just play too, right?
1: Yeah, you're right. That's a total other side of it. That, that's Fair and reasonable, especially for everybody that fills that arena, right? And yeah, for you've a got city that lives and... eating breeze Lakers, yeah. right? Like you'd rather at least have the misery while you expect the opportunity to compete than realizing that everyone's just giving up. Like giving but I'm up fine I'm defeated. fine
2: to trade Anthony Davis. He is not the next guy that you're building around. He is too injury-prone, and he is not aggressive enough, and he is not a star. So get those pieces around LeBron and then be ready for a full rebuild. But keeping him around at the expense of getting the pieces that you need um, is silly to me, especially because they do not have the draft pieces to move forward and get better. It's going to have to be assets, and that's one of the few that they have. It's spain and Fitz, sarah spain jason Fitz. how early is too early to give up now in the football season it's a little later it's a little more clear if you've got nothing going for you and that's the case for a couple teams including the packers to the point where damien woody and mike greenberg had a pretty funny back and forth on get up today about whether or not they start looking at what they've got at quarterback
1: D. What Wood, if I were to team? argue it's not about keeping him fresh but it's about finding out what you have in the young quarterback or maybe letting him audition so that his trade value goes up and they should consider benching Aaron Rodgers, why do you look so mad? <laughs> what is going on? Is he leaving? Why, why is D Wood walking? Dee Wood! He doesn't want to talk about it. Have we upset you that much with this? What? What? What, what, what is it? Greening. Yeah. What the, what the hell are you talking about here? What are we
0: talking about? We're talking about benching Aaron Rodgers yes. for Jordan Love? Right. I mean, how much bread we talking about with Aaron Rodgers? 50. Like, we talking like, like quarter 50. billion 50. type stuff with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And you want to bench him? Yeah. 50. You want to bench Aaron Rodgers so you can find out what we have in Jordan Love? Yeah, yes. <laughs> like, you get Jordan years. Love. What do we expect to find out about Jordan Love?
1: Sarah, I, th- this, <laughs> is the, this is the stupidest sports talk conversation I've heard in a long time. Let me give you one big number, and I'm not the best with math, but I think this is pretty significant. $99,778,568. According to SpotTrack.com, that's the dead cap hit next year, next year that the the Packers would take mm. if Aaron Rodgers isn't their quarterback. Almost a million million dollars there is nothing that Jordan Love can do that will change anything about where he's going what's going to happen they are they are where they are and benching Aaron Rodgers won't do any difference it's not realistic you're not going to tell the guy to sit down you're not going to get anything out of uh, Jordan Love and if you do it and you really make him mad all he's going to do is try and handicap your entire salary cap system
2: here's the interesting thing is you just argued uh to look ahead to the future with LeBron and in this case you're not interested in potentially the future either of what you have with Jordan Love or figuring out if you have something, turning him into pieces. That's the only thing I can I can see here. And Leroy Butler said this, Greg Jennings said this, if you lose a couple more games and you have absolutely no shot, at least throw Jordan Love out there. I don't believe because he's going to be the future, but I do believe potentially that if he shows flashes, can you get something for him versus just having him sitting there wasting time? You're not going to, you're not going to bench Rogers and you're not going to get rid of Rogers with that contract. And I don't think Rogers is a lost cause as a talent. If you fix everything else around him and look ahead, but I do think maybe you, you get a quick shot at seeing what you have with love. Hey, quickly before we go, I want to talk about your Raiders run down, What happened today? Because we had a retirement and injury benching. Yeah,
1: starting linebacker Blake Martinez uh, retired starting because of injury. Hunter Renfro went to injured reserve and uh, Darren Waller went to injured reserve. The Raiders are in full tank mode at this point. They are letting you know that they're trying to evaluate to see what's coming up for the future. The season's done, but they're taking on the Colts, so they might get a win.
2: Yeah, you might even see cars shut down for a bit, right? We'll see. Uh, yeah. Back injury be... suddenly
1: flares up. Yeah,
2: wouldn't wish Not it. Not too but... early for the Raiders to tell you it's over. Uh... Coming up, what does the latest suit against the Commanders and Daniel Snyder mean? We'll get into it.
0: Spain and fits the podcast.